welcome to a big Beatles sort out special. In series one, I, author and musician Gary Abbott, scored and ranked each and every one of the Beatles core catalogue releases with the help of my brother and resident Beatles expert, Paul Abbott. In series two, we will be looking at the songs they gave away to other acts and some they recorded that never got a proper release. But in the meantime, we have some specials lined up and this week we turn to the prefab four to finish off what we started in series one to the sound of this klaxon. So please join us as we continue to sort out the Ruttles. A Ruttles roundup, no less. Yes. It's... I can't think of a, of a synonym for big that begins with R, so I can't do uh, rambunctious yeah, Ruttles the, the... roundup. It's a bit rubbish, that one. Yeah, the robust but... Ruttles roundup. Well, it, it will be robust. I will attempt to be r- robust as we go through this. Because mm. um, I did feel like they deserved a uh, an opportunity to to complete the set for them as well, because we didn't necessarily talk about absolutely everything as we went through the the main show. So that's why we're doing it. Before that, let's do the admin. Don't forget, you can keep in touch with us at big underscore sort on Twitter and Instagram, or by email to bigbeetlesortout at gmail.com. And please do drop us a review on whatever platform you're listening on, if you can, and like and share our posts. Um, I've also got some music out, which I mentioned last week. You can find it in the podcast description, links to um, YouTube and Spotify for some of my own music. Um, Paul, is there anything you'd like to tell people? No, nothing specific at the moment. All the other podcasts that I do, are, well, Head Ballet hasn't got anything new coming out at the no. moment, but that's always worth going and looking up at the back back issues. That's not mm. like the back digital podcast equivalent of back mm. issues of yeah. that, if you like people talking about interesting and weird and funny music Mm. and i still do hark the 87th precinct podcast we have just completed book 50 of 55 Mm. of the 87th precinct novels by ed mcbain so should that be of any interest you can look that up quite easily as well but yeah and i have just listened to it Mm. literally 20 minutes ago or so oh excellent um, yeah, so great. Shall we do a Beatles Day? Even though this is a Ruttles episode, Paul, I'm, I'm guessing you can't do it on this Ruttles Day. So let's stick I'd, with it. Yeah, happening. I'd have loved to be able to do it on this Ruttles Day, but sadly, there's not enough information that I could crib together without just lying. Yeah, they've not so. been quite so meticulously uh, diarised, have they? As <laughs> no, I mean, a lot of people have done a lot of websites where they've sort of created a detailed fictional history oh, yeah. of Ruttles thing, like. Because you know that in the film that you see some of the mock-up of albums, you know, Hard Day's Rut and all that stuff. Um, and people have sort of taken that and done like wikis and things like that. But oh, cool. uh, not for me. I don't think I feel the need for that. Uh, but yeah, I also, there's no other official, <laughs> there's no official Ruttles dates to, no. to dip into. So uh, I just thought we'd do it on this Beatles Day for the 6th of October, 1963. Mm-hmm. And it's only a quick one. There's not much to say. It's just, I just like, there's something about this I like, and I don't know why. So this is the day that the Beatles play the Carlton Theatre in Kirkcaldy in Scotland as part of a three-day mini tour. And I think because they play so many gigs, mm. and they obviously do these tours in like America and that, they all over the place for ages, that the idea that they were just doing a three-day tour of Scotland in, in October of 1963, so this is not long after She Loves You comes out, mm. So they're, you know, they're very well known in, in the UK at this point. But it's just a little three-day tour. So they do like 
Glasgow one night, the mm-hmm. next night this one they do Kirkcaldy, and then they do Dundee. So they sort of don't do much of Scotland, mm. particularly. I think it's just baffling that they go to Kirkcaldy rather than be the Ed- other side of the Edinburgh. of the fourth and do Edinburgh. Yeah. You know, um, which yeah, it seems strange. But yeah, they were brought up there by a chap called Albert Bonizzi or Bonici, mm. who was a, a, a sort of top promoter in Scotland and who had brought them up in January of the same year and got exclusive rights to do so in Scotland. We'd agreed mm-hmm. it with Brian Epstein. Right. He eventually surrendered those rights, um, in, I think in exchange for getting Epstein to put some of his bands on support slots with the Beatles. Mm. So, yeah, the Beatles in Scotland. Sunday the 6th of October, this is from a little flyer about it, uh, 6.30 and 9pm, so it's one of these two houses sort of shows, the programme being Andy Ross and his orchestra featuring Sue Taylor and Bryce Wilson. Then Houston Wells and the Marksman, a little interval. The Clifton Hall Stars featuring the Fortunes and number four, the Beatles. And I like this. It says, after the show, dancing through the night. Yeah, after, at the Wraith yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Wraith Ballroom Kakodi, midnight till 4am, five Ooh. shillings. Uh, transport leaves the Carlton Theatre after the second performance. So yeah, you could, if you were... Went to see the, the second house of the Beatles show in, which uh, you could then just jump on a coach, pop down to a ballroom in Kakodi and have a little dance till four in the morning. Four in the morning. Which sounds exhausting to me. <laughs> yeah. All these ravers thinking they were the only ones at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were they were bopping till the early hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a couple of other shows mentioned on this flyer as well, like on the 10th of November, 63, the Big Beat show was going up there with Del Shannon, Jerry and the mm. Pacemakers, the Foremost, and uh, like the Searchers are going in for a show later in November and stuff like that. So, so it's yeah. quite a lot of stuff going on in uh, in Kakodi. That's probably why they that was such a significant part of their tour. They must have had a reputation for it. Well, you'd yeah, think there'd be somewhere, somewhere in Edinburgh that would have a reputation for, a, for a, you know, up-and-coming beat music. Yeah, you just you just assume. Yeah, but maybe not. it would be it would be Edinburgh, but no, it was, it was Kirkcaldy instead. So now this so there is you go. this is the same Kirkcaldy, isn't it? Um, which uh, is in which is referenced in Cry Baby Cry. It is yes, yes. Well, there we go. Which I've all for years called Kilcaldy because I didn't know how it was pronounced. You can't Kirkcaldy. Kirk, yeah. Kirk, yeah. Okay. Well, that's a a good one for the um, for the Scottish listeners, of which I know we have at least one. At least, well, no, at least no, two. We definitely yeah, got at least course. two Scottish yeah. listeners. Yeah, um, right. Who are, might be related, and one of them might be in this house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as much as I enjoy the Ruttles, Paul, I am by no means as into them as yourself. Um, so I'm going to may more or less hand you this this podcast, the podcast's reins, Paul. Here right. you go. Got oh, them. Thank you. Got them. Yep. And I'm going to let you drive for a bit um, as we go through the um, robust Ruttles roundup. Over to yeah. you. Paul, you need his cash abbot. <laughs> Very good. Snuck that one in there. Mm. Yeah. So all, what I thought we'd do here is, is basically, well, I'll just go through the track listings of the two main albums and some extra little bits and pieces as well, just so we can make sure we've captured everything. Because I think it's, it's only fair to do so because they... Not only did Neil Innes write these amazing songs that were, ob- some of which were obvious links to actual Beatles songs from records or singles, but also he had to sort of build the Beatles world a little bit in there. So there's a couple of examples mm. of things that were needed to be the broader Beatles world rather than just from the Beatles core catalogue. Yeah. 
And I th thought before I do that, I will just mention some of the, the players on each one of these. So, like, anyone who's seen the film knows the the lineup in the film is Neil Innes, John Halsey, Ricky Fattar, and Eric Idle. Now, yeah. Eric Idle's not on the records at all. No. Which is uh, strange, because he's a musician, isn't he? So He uh, is, yeah. But, you know, he had different things to do in terms yeah, of creating other, the other show. priorities. But... Also, I don't think he's not enough of a musician of the likes of the working musician of Neil Innes yeah. or, or, or these others that he got in. And he's certainly not as good a musician as the other main Ruttel, which is Ollie Halsell, mm. who was, uh, did a lot of the uh, Dirk McQuickley-style vocals yeah. on these things and played this mean electric guitar, this amazing electric guitar. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And you also, I mean, people like Ricky Fattar, who is not an actor, but is... A amazing vocalist himself, very good drummer, and very good guitarist. So he's very much a musician. John Halsey, very good drummer, and Neil could do guitars, keyboards, and his fantastic voice. Mm. So they they augmented that group with some little bits of strings and brass on the first album. And uh, Andy Brown was the guy who played bass on it. Mm -hmm. Now both of the albums were recorded and, and mixed by a chap called Steve James. Right. Would we know him from anywhere else? Well, you'd know him from being the son of Sid James. <laughs> well, I wouldn't, yeah. And I, I know that reference, yeah. I didn't know Sid James yeah. had a son, but yes, that that would be a, that would be the first thing you'd tell people, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have, yeah. So I don't know much about Steve James as, as a music producer, but yes, it's the thing you find instantly if you look him up, of course, is that he was the, the son of Does Sid that mean James. Sid James may have ever been knocking around Russell's sessions and things or... I mean, um, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, well, when did Sid James die? That's the question. Mm. You know, not to be too grim about it. It's just a strange thought. No, he wouldn't have been. He died two years before it was uh, happening. Okay. So, there you go. The other thing to mention about the original soundtrack album is in its original release, it didn't have all the songs on that it later got, that got put on it because of worries about... Um, worries about the copyright on it and so obviously we know that john heard some things and said oh that's a bit close mm. so things like get up and go were left off the original release yeah uh but then it's become expanded since so i'm working on the expanded one because we want to try and capture everything that was uh was released in the name of the ruttles over the years so uh, are you ready ready to go i'm ready if you are well let us get up and go then gary and we open with goose step mama that's Goose Step Mama, Gary. Yeah, it sure is. And this is one of the ones that wasn't originally released on the album, but features in the film. What do you think of it? Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely got that, um, the feel of those early rockers in the sweaty clubs, all kind of energy and stomping beats, isn't yeah. it? That's what, it's, that's what it's going for with this one. Is it the, um, I mean, I'm guessing with the Goose Step Mama <laughs> reference yeah. that it's the, representing the Hamburg days. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a jokey sort of yeah. reference to the, to the sort of suggestion of the Hamburg days. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like a Hamburg cavern stomper, isn't it? It's like yeah. some other guy or something like that. Yeah, the kind of one where that, that famous story of them breaking the stage, stomping their feet, 
um, yeah. that, that, that they would have been playing something along this kind of um, tempo and, and energy. Yeah. And the only thing yeah. that, that belies it, belies it? I don't know if that's right. <laughs> the only thing that gives it away slightly is how clean the bass sounds on it. Got yeah, me. I mean, they did a lot of work trying to make the songs on the first album particularly sound worse because they found that they're recording yeah. them in the 70s. The late 70s, the technology's changed considerably since the Beatles' time and everything came out sounding too clean. Mm. And so they did, like, mess up the tape. They like physically messed it up. Mm. But still, I, I think the Ruttles album still doesn't sound anything like a Beatles album. No. And in a way, I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's got its own sound, doesn't it? Yeah. What do you think, Paul? Well, I, yeah, so this is one that we didn't cover in the main show, no. basically, which is why we're just talking a little bit more about this one. Uh, I love I love Gustav Mummer. It's a it's a great rocker. Uh, some amazing guitar work from Ollie Halson on it. Um, it's also one that's been covered by Japanese band Shonen Knife, which for anyone who knows the sort of pop punk sounds of Shonen Knife knows that Gustav Mummer is just so it's a baffling and brilliant thing that they've covered that. <laughs> and yeah, I I do I do love it, but it's one of these ones that's sort of been done for the purposes of the film needing to have to represent the sound of that pre-fame yeah. period. Yeah. Was it even in the film? I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it. Was it even in the film for very long? Is it really just a passing little cut to them doing this kind of thing? Yeah, it's basically the early days stuff. Yeah. It's just in the background, sort of there for that, to illustrate that aspect of it anyway. Cool. So yeah, Goose Step Mama. Goose Step Mama. So after we had Goose Step Mama on the current release of the soundtrack album, we get to number one, which we obviously covered as an equivalent of Twist and Shout. Mm-hmm, yeah. Which it's, uh, it's, it's like the Ruttles version of this is very clever because it's like Twist and Shout, which is obviously a cover version for the Beatles, but this yeah. is like a Ruttles song, but is Twist and Shout by the Beatles, but, you know. Yeah. So just clever old Neil Innes writing. But we move on to, I think, the other one that we missed out from the main albums, uh, the main album is Baby Let Me Be. Oh, baby, let me be. Oh, baby, set me free. You treat me so bad. You make me so sad. Won't you set me free if you don't want me, baby, let me be. Mm. Baby, let me be, Gary. Yes. That's, this is, again, a bit a, a, an early stompery type of one, but more of the um, Little Richard vein, isn't it, I think? Um, yeah, absolutely. And they've definitely, you're talking about the sound, um, them trying to recreate it. They've definitely got the big reverby vocal sound down that I was always talking about in the first series. Um, that's, that's sounding more authentic in this. And um, some of the good good old off, off mic screaming in the background. Yeah, it's it's... To my ears, it seems like they're based. This is there to sort of represent all those EPs that they did, with things like Long Tall Sally or stuff like yeah. Slow Down, on there. It's got that feel to it, hasn't it? So it's just a sort of almost like it was something that could have been written in 1960 or 1961 that they've learned to play. Yeah, yeah. You know, but again, there's a little musical detail that kind of gives it away a bit, which is um, the very, very proficient guitar solo. <laughs> Yeah, which I'm not saying wouldn't wouldn't have been the case, but it it's it's from someone who's more naturally a big soloist, I think, than maybe George was at the time. That the, they oh, were... totally, yeah. No, Ollie Hulsell is such a good a good guitarist. Yeah, that it's I think if anything does break the spell a little bit, it's how good his guitar solos yeah. are, how much how good his playing is on these, and that's not to denigrate George. It's to say that that if you're trying to do that era of rock and roll. 
Oh, yeah. yeah it's not Perhaps just... Ollie Halsell's playing more like a 70s rocker than he's playing a, a 60s rocker. Absolutely. That's it. It's more, you know, that wasn't the style, was it? Um, no. But um, it's very good. Anyway, it's a good yeah, style. I wouldn't change a note no. of it, but it's, uh, it's it's definitely the case. Yeah. But after Baby Let Me Be, um, we've we essentially we covered everything else on the soundtrack album. Good. So that means, and I'll run it down as the track listing works now. So we had Hold My Hand, mm-hmm. which as we discussed, it was like All My Love In, Eight Days A Week, all that sort of stuff. You know, basically all the early big singles. We have Blue Suede Schubert, which is Rollover Beethoven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I Must Be In Love, which is sort of Hard Day's Night. Yeah. With A Girl Like You, which is If I Fell. Then we have um, Between Us, which is a weird cross between And I Love Her, but with like a George Harrison vocal instead mm. on it. So that's that sort of sound. Uh, Living In Hope, which, which is... Barry Wom. Yeah, the Barry Wom uh, featuring... Uh, featured solo moment on the thing which is doesn't quite work in the timeline chronology of the film in terms of the sound of the song because it doesn't quite sound like act naturally it sounds more like don't pass me by but it doesn't so it doesn't quite work in the story of the film but that's just me being you know critical from a outside view it doesn't matter Mm. ouch is obviously help (laughs) it's just such a brilliant gag of a song it's wonderful then we have It's Looking Good, which is sort of yeah. rubber soul era type yeah. stuff. Yeah. Things like I'm looking through your run for your life, the word, that sort yeah, of stuff. that's it, yeah. Uh, and you sort of see a, a version of the, the Ruttles playing it as if it was Shea Stadium, named after the Cuban guerrilla leader, Shea Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the, we sort of jump jump forward then to the post-touring years of the Ruttles. We get Double Back Alley, which is clearly Penny Lane. Mm-hmm. Good Times Roll is Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Nevertheless is Within You, Without You. Love Life, All You Need Is Love. Piggy in the Middle is I Am the Warus. Another Day is essentially Martha, My Dear, but is sort mm. of general McCartneyisms. Yeah. And then cheese and onion is a day in the life, or across the unit and across the universe, or general Leninisms. Yeah. We have get up and go, which is. Uh, I mean, he was he was wisely advised about yeah. that one, John really, given how close it, it is. Yeah. And the original album is ends with uh, "Let's Be Natural," which is again, it's, kind of it's like White Prudence. Album McCartney, isn't yeah. it? Oh, is it White Album? And it- yeah, it's it's, well, it's it's Dear Prudence, Mother Nature's Son. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You know, I think really, yeah. So it was perhaps, yeah, not McCartney and Lennon together, really. Yeah, yeah, McQuickly nasty. Yeah, but it's interesting that yeah, Goose Step Mama, Baby Let Me Be, Blue Suede Schubert, Between Us, It's Looking Good, and Get Up and Go weren't on the original soundtrack release. Mm. Is that because so, the, the, because of closeness or was just? Closeness yeah, to yeah. It, I think it was just it was just panic on the yeah, part of the. Of the of of the of the company because it was they were worrying that it was you know if you're a record company the last thing you want to do is end up being sued by the Beatles yeah exactly so yeah. they were very cautious at the time despite you know Lennon and Harrison particularly being on board with it yeah am I right in so. thinking that the um, McCartney 
got into it a bit later once he, once Linda liked it or something like that. I read. Somewhere. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, Neil at some point, I think at a party at George's house, took Paul aside and said, "Look, you know, I hope you know it was all in in fun." Mm. At which point Paul said, "Yeah, I understand. It was affectionate. It's it's fine." Oh. So that's good. And Ringo, Ringo. Can't remember what uh, who knows what Ringo thinks? I'm sure he <laughs> thinks it's fine. Okay, he's wonderful, Ringo. Yeah, it's just um, peace and love, peace and love, peace and love indeed. Can't say fairer than that. Then, mm. yeah, so it's such a good record. It's great in its original format. It's even better in the big expanded version that that came out on CD. Mm. So, just got to love it. I need to get it's, my own copy, I think, and have a good listen to it. It's 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 testament to the fact that I, as someone who hasn't collected them specifically i've only heard them when you used to have them knocking about playing mm-hmm. or when i watched the film which hasn't been for quite a long time that every time they come up in the series or when you mention them they're immediately there in my head the main ones you know mm-hmm. especially and even some of the ones i may, may have only heard once or twice um because he's got the knack of yeah if they if he was just copying slightly Main, you know, mainly changing things very slightly. You, you would be, it would be harder to remember them because they'd just merge into the song that they're referencing. But because he's yeah. got, he's got that the talent that he was, it's like it, it, the songs do have they're, they're very, um, very memorable in the, in they and are, of themselves. Yeah. They are, and it's it's genuinely a record I come back to over and over again uh, because it's fun to listen to. It is, it's good songs with you know a good good nature behind them, written well performed well mm. it's entertaining in and of its own right mm. aside from the world of the film ruttles you know the album rules question paul Ooh. um if you can't tell from the tone of my voice i'll just state that first um is there any other i mean discounting your spinal taps and people who are parodying a whole genre yeah is there anything like the ruttles that exists for any other band because I think it's also very unique, isn't it? There's definitely parody bands and comedy bands, and there's obviously yeah. cover bands. But is there cover parody bands like the Ruttles were? Not even cover parody bands. You know, is there, I'm trying to think of someone massive, like equally as big, not equally as big, but commercially as big and well-known as someone like Queen and there being someone who's ever done something a bit like them, but not quite them, trying to do the same thing. There must have been, surely, someone else. I'm sure there must be examples littered through, because obviously, yeah, you picked on Spinal Tap. There was also Bad News, which was a sort of the punk thing that was done by the comic strip people. Mm. And, yeah, but I think it's it's clearly what happened with the Ruttles was right people at the right time yeah. with the weight of, of Lorne Michaels and the sort of the Saturday Night Live team behind it. Yeah, it could be very to easy actually to get it made and shown. yeah. So. Yeah, because it be it would be so easy to do a, to do it badly, and I suppose the closest yeah. you probably get is people doing comedy parody songs on things like Radio Four type of comedies and things, maybe topical things using a b- well, b- I mean, Billy Bragg ripoffs and things like that. Kind of. There's but plenty not- of musical uh, comedians, and there's plenty of people who do parody and pastiche albums, but it's. It's just the the coming together, I think, of having Neil off the back of the Bonzos. Yeah. You know, having his own place in the sixties world. Yes. And his own relationship with the the source material that they're working from, which is which is totally unique, I think. That's it, yeah. It's not just someone from the outside going, Oh, you'd be funny if I did this. He's, yeah, he's, absolutely, he's, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well that's that question answered then. <laughs> well, if anyone can think of any, they can tell us about them, can't they? 
Let them do some work for once. <laughs> right, we'll move on then. So you have 1978, you have this first album. Then you have a big gap. Yes. And we have archaeology in 1996 coming off the back of the anthology. So it had to I'm so glad it happened because it so easily couldn't have happened. You know, I think it was Neil was sort of going mm, and George was like, do it. It's all part of the soup. Mm. And that's that's why it's great it's that we just get archaeology, which there is a Ruttles 2 film that Eric did. Right. But it's I've tried watching it through. It's sort of a lot of the original interviews recut and some new new interviews done and it's just by this point eric and, and neil were not necessarily on the same friendship footing that they had once been okay and so archaeology really was going to be a lot more publicized but then eric kicked up a fuss about owning the name of the ruttles right and so it became a bit more low-key so the the things aren't really related but this point Okay. You know, they, it's a purely musical item. But we've covered a few of them already. And we've also got a couple of bonus tracks to talk about after this. So yep. Archaeology from 1996 opens with Major Happy's Up and Coming Once Upon a Good Time Band. Can you remember what that one's a, a little parody on? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, is this a trick question? No, I no, wouldn't do that to you. Yeah. No. So that's a little sort of Sergeant Pepper opening type thing. Yeah. Which which segues into rendezvous. I was trying to I was about to say rendezvous. Um, a rendezvous, rendezvous. Which is the with the uh, the, the, the the backing singers. Uh, yeah, the disgruntled backing singers. <laughs> yeah, kind of <laughs> or rather the disgruntled Barry Wom. Yeah. Annoyed that the backing singers are in there yeah. on the with a little help from my friends parody. Yeah. And then we kick into Questionnaire, which is kind of Fool on the Hill. And then we have We've Arrived and To Prove It We're Here, which yeah. is a, a, like a little yeah, demo exactly. version of something that's equivalent of, to back in the USSR, yeah. which gives it that anthology sort of lost and found feel mm. to it. And now we get into a couple of songs that we didn't talk about on the show for whatever reason. We either forgot or missed them out. So we've got... Lonely Phobia. Lonely Phobia, Gary. Lonely Phobia, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I would say, things we said today. Yeah. That's the that's what jumps to mind with that one for me. And I'm sure a few others, but, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's really hard because it's, when you're listening, cause again, it's that Neil in its knack of kind of like, it, it, it sounds simultaneously like so many, just an ethos it's like he, he's getting ethos yeah. into the air that you, you're like oh is it this or that or that it's definitely got things we said today because it's got some musical nods to it with some of the percussion and things i think um but it's definitely it's very own thing it's very nice as well another another one of his really nice yeah it's a beautiful song 
Um, I've got sounds like sort of things we said to say. It's sort of also I'll be back and things like that from Hard Day's Night. Mm. Certainly of that era where you've got like the strummed acoustic yes, guitars yeah, yeah, and then the low end piano yeah. that George Martin would be sticking on loads of stuff in those things, uh, in those things in that era mm. anyway, as well. Yeah, it's it's a lovely song, Lonely Phobia. I did a cover, cover version of it not long ago because I just wanted to record it because it was fun working out all the guitar parts. Right, so that's Lonely Phobia, and we move on to Unfinished Words. Unfinished words, Gary. Well, they're barely started words. They're not unfinished. <laughs> yeah, so yes, um, I like this because this is kind of like the uh, song about being unfinished, being the parody of kind of the early unfinished takes of songs that popped up on anthology, isn't it? So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a it's definitely a Lennon style song. They were um, weirdly a bit like an early song too. So it's a bit like Lonely Phobia. So it's got that same cast from the same. Yeah, it yeah. feels like it's it's uh, a relic from whichever album the in Ruttles verse Lonely Phobia would have been on. It feels because actually what it is is it is an old nineteen seventy eight recording. It's another one of those ones mm. that they've unearthed and turned into this thing called un, Unfinished Words to give it that tie into the anthology notion yeah. as well. But it's, it's got it's got a Lennon solo esque bit to it as well, and I like the line um, "Left is right and right is wrong." Well, so the good thing about unfinished words is that it is a contributor to a huge Beatles mythological thing. Okay. So in 1971, a journalist writer called Martin Lewis was talking about a Beatles bootleg, mm. and he made up some fake song names, mm. and people went bonkers thinking, oh, there's these songs out there called Colliding Circles, Left is Right, Right is Wrong. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, and and these are the things that are named in unfinished words. Okay, I see. Pink so. litmus paper shirt. And, yeah, so this is the Ruttles nodding backwards to... And so Martin Lewis actually became involved in the production and, and prep of, of archaeology himself. Okay. Okay. Uh, because he became a writer, he wrote quite a lot about the Beatles, done a lot of stuff with comedy people as well. Uh, but yeah, so they're using those fake bootleg titles, which still some people are convinced are actual Beatles song titles of missing songs. Right. But it's not. He made them up to just be a nuisance. It's like the Paul is dead thing. It sort of all yeah. becomes part of this weird mythological Beatles soup. There's that soup again from George. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what's in unfinished words here. So it's 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 nice that it's got that in there as well. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, we move on then to Hey Mister, which we discussed when we talked about I, Me, Mine. Yes, yeah, yeah. But we didn't discuss Easy Listening, did we? No, we didn't. So, Easy Listening, Gary. Easy Listening Never mind the world outside Easy Listening And genocide Forget the loony on the loose. Easy listening. 
Well, that was easy listening, Paul. Yeah. This is one I, I know that that like really like sticks with me, that this one. Yeah. So when I listen to it, it's like, oh, yeah. So I don't know if it's because it's a crack modal. Because well, it's Barry One. Yeah. But it's a kind of um, a bit of everything, Ringo, that here, isn't it? Octopus's Garden, Don't Pass Me By, Act Naturally. Yeah, it's it sort of does exactly the same thing that um, Living in Hope does, yeah. but just from a different angle, doesn't it? Yeah, it's uh, I've got Octopus's Garden down as the, as the main thing, but it's it's got this weird um, accordion solo in yeah. it, which yeah. I really love. And this time, the backing vocals, rather than answering back, they just start to get dark. Yes. They start to... Never mind the world outside, famine, war and suicide. Yeah. Whilst he's kind of trying to encourage you to take it easy kind of thing, basically. Yeah. They start just towards the end of the song, just start saying, yeah, even though all this is going on. It makes me forget feel like... Lo- forget the loony on the loose, the rising crime and child abuse. Yeah. It, it makes me feel like those backing vocals just follow Barry Wom around, like and irritating when he tries to record something or do something weird. But, um, yeah, it's good. Yeah. And after easy listening, we get to Now She's Left You, which we covered when yeah. we talked about, I don't want to spoil a party and you're going to lose that girl mm-hmm. as, as the sort of equivalent. It's It does bits of those. But we move on after that to what I consider to be one of the epics, one of the Ruttles epics, which is the Knicker Elastic King. The price of raw materials, coupled with inflation, squeezed his global holdings, his liquid assets bottomed out and shrunk his retail outlet operation. And that's the story of the Nicker Elastic King. So what do you make of the Nicker Elastic King, Gary? So... I, I it's funny because it's definitely magical mystery tour era sounding stuff isn't it the Nicholas I think King. it's got some of that about it's it got yeah. a bit of that but then it may be a bit of a bit of Penny Lane a bit of Mr Mustard it's what I mean about the way he was able to 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 borrow ethos and mold it into something new because you've got the character stuff with the Nicholas King himself but it it doesn't fall down on one or the other I don't think unless unless I'm missing one unless I've I've not been able I was I was racking my brains with something what's the one song I'd really tie that pin this to and I'm not sure what well the think? thing you haven't mentioned is getting better oh well it's got that at the end so yeah it's, it's got it, well it's got bits of it throughout it's got the, the ending yeah. but it's got some of the bassline parts like the shooting up the octave bassline doom 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 doom, doom ah, okay doom, yeah is sort of seeded throughout it as well but yeah it's not it's quite hard to pin it down and say yes, it's a get, it's done in the style of getting better because it isn't. No, yeah. So it's, a, it's got musical. This is the thing. They've got musical elements of getting better, but it's done with the kind of lyrical bent of Mister Mustard. But then it's got it's not either of those things. It's got a magical mystery tour feel to it in its kind of uh, how it's put together. But um, the thing it's got that nothing that doesn't relate to any Beatles song. As I, I'm, I'm absolutely sure of this actually. So I'm absolutely sure. So mm. you can't contradict me is that um a narrative spoken middle there's no Beatles song where they do a spoken word middle bit is there no no there isn't no and partly this is because this wasn't a written for the Ruttles song this is a a, this is an established Neil Innes song from um 1981-1982 okay uh, one that he's done on his tv show and appears on his album off the record and they've redone it. So they've they've, redone they've it. done it again and ruttled it up. I see. That makes a lot of sense then. That's why. That, 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 that. 
seems to completely answer that reason i couldn't quite get it onto one or the other thing yeah i think that's that is you can't quite pin it down and also i think there's even nods to like some solo beatles bits and pieces in there yeah. particularly some mccartney bits and pieces uh, and you yeah. have like the coronation street themes quoted in there yes and is, yeah. and stuff like that and you have like the radio tuning stuff and so it's got a lot of stuff but it is a great song oh yeah and it's, and it's quite an epic but it's i think it's yeah, one of my favorite ones from the, everything we've talked about yeah so, you know but yeah, it's the knicker elastic king. It's it's a, it's a great topic. The idea of someone making all their money in in knicker elastic because everybody uses it. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, and and the, the only song I can think of, which would have presumably then come after this, because of this being originally recorded in the early eighties, that has a spoken word middle bit in a similar vein, is the National Express by the Divine Comedy. Oh right. You're, you're okay. It does a similar tone, kind of like. You know when he does the if you're sad and feeling blue, do, 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 that that bit, yeah, is a bit like what happens in this bit. But anyway, ah, just, that then. just occurred to me when I was trying to think um, about it. Yeah. Well, it would it would it would surprise me if um, Neil Hannon didn't love well, Neil exactly. Innes. Yeah, yeah, it would. <laughs> so, it, it would be but uh, yes, I don't know. Anyway, after we've gone through the epic tale of the Knicker Elastic King, we come to I love you. Every time we meet we say hi How's it going? Fine, we reply But I wonder what would happen if I Could tell you I love you I love you I love you, Gary I love you too, Paul Aww. Thanks Ah, uh, brothers, together Well, Getting older Yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, a bit of it's only love in this one, I'd say. It's yeah, definitely lyrics and music, but then, and definitely, and and um, I and I love and and I love her. Yeah, um, yeah. including the guitar arpeggio. That's the kind of musical motif from that, isn't it? There's a yeah percussion and the sort of uh, arpeggio parts and some of the little licks on the guitar, definitely. And because of the straightforward chorus lyric. It also put me in mind of later, slightly more mushy McCartney solo stuff. Um, oh, right, yeah. Which is, I mean, quite literally in mind of silly love songs where the chorus oh, is right, just, yeah. I love you, isn't it? Yeah, I think they've included it here and, and sort of presented it as if it is a track that would have that the Beatles might have recorded and not put on an album. Mm. So it's got that, that anthology material sort of feel to it a, a bit because it's almost like it's too on the nose because yes. it's called I Love You. Yeah. You know, it's almost too simple. That's but it. it's it's all about the... I, I actually, when you, when you listen to the lyrics, it's it's quite clever about how language breaks down when you sort of you get tongue-tied around someone. Mm. It's got that fantastic line, vocabulary-wise, with you, I'm all at sea. The, the idea of just being like, oh, you know, being robbed of speech because of just fallen head over heels for someone. Mm. It's uh, it's it's very sweet. It is a sweet song. It's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very nicely done. And after that, we move on to a run of songs that we did cover, such as Ina Kleiner, Middle Class and Music. Great song. Which is Come Together. Joe Public, which is a whole host of things. Love You Too, Tomorrow Never Knows, especially Rain, Within You, Without You. Mm. Shangri-La, yeah. which is the big single which is kind of a day in the life. It's kind of Hey Jude. Uh, again, was another original Neil song that he ruttled up. 
mm-hmm. and Don't Know Why, which is a free as a bird type thing that he did for the Rory Bremner show and the wonderful back in 64 for when I'm 64, mm. which is so sort of heartfelt and wistful, really. Mm. Yeah. And then I've got some bonus tracks to mention Ooh. because as they've released these things, occasionally they've scraped out some bits and pieces to put out on singles or add on to CDs. Yeah. So Shangri-La came out as, as the single from archaeology I had it on cassette. Mm. Uh, it came out as a CD single. It apparently came out as a 10-inch vinyl single as Ooh. well. I wish I'd known it was a 10-inch single because I love 10-inch records. They're just a strange shape and size. Well, not a strange shape. They're round, for goodness sake. <laughs> but a strange size. But but they did, uh, on the on the Shangri-La single, they added three bonus things. One was Joe Public, yeah. which was obviously off the album anyway. Uh, but the second one was Baby Sivu Play. Which was just Baby Let Me Be from the first album, but done with French lyrics. Oh, okay. And sort of sped up and made it to sound like they were re-recording it like the Beatles did for Silibadich and Come Give Me a Diner Hand. Mm, yeah. So they've just got this weird cod French. Well, it's not cod French because I actually translated it for the first time ever today. I thought, you know, I'm just going to try translating the lyrics to this. Right. And it was so just- "Baby, let me be" becomes "Baby, see if you play," which obviously means "Baby, please." Yeah. You know, and the tra- the translation is, "Do you speak English? I drank too much of the wine of your country. <laughs> Do you want to hide my sausage, please?" <laughs> Um, baby, please. I do not speak French. I have a lonely heart, like a Bonaparte. Do you want to hide my sausage, please, tonight? <laughs> you did, didn't you? I'm a big rock star. Je suis un grand rock star. <laughs> Mon serpent de pantalon. My pants snake. My trouser snake. Do it again. It's so good. Um, so actually, having listened to this for years since it came out, I've never actually thought to yeah, translate it. I discovered it was you. all about playing hide the sausage and yeah. trouser snakes. Oh, brilliant. I'm glad you had translated it. Yeah. So, yeah. Vous l'avez fait n'est Je suis un grand rock star. Mon serpent de pantalon fait encore le cécibon. And then it sort of repeats, repeats stuff from the, t- <laughs> from the top end of it. But, yeah, it's it's a sort of nod to the German language versions of, yeah. of Beatles songs there, which is... I don't know why they did that, it's, but it's, I'm glad they did. It's, it's a funny... It's, it's a funny little chapter of the Beatles story, isn't it? So it makes sense yeah. for them to, to, to nod to it. Just strange. Again, another one where you think, well, if other bands felt the need to re-record their... I'm sure there's probably... There must have been a trend of it. I'm sure they're the, the only ones, but they are famously... You know, yeah, they're certainly the most famous yeah. group to have, have done it for, well, as it turns out, absolutely no reason, no, really. No, because the English language versions of things tend to tra- travel fine, don't they, anyway? So, but, um, yes. Mm. Oh, yeah, with them and Monty Python. Because obviously Monty Python oh, true, did yes, a similar Monty Python thing did when they the, went and did the Lumberjack song and, and an episode. Well, they did, yeah, they did the German shows, didn't they? The German yeah. language shows. Uh, it says on the back of the Shangri-La single, it's a message from the lads, Da, 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 da. Uh, Shangri-La and Joe Public on, are both tracks from our new archaeology album. We thought you might also enjoy hearing something really rare and collectible. So this single has a couple of bonus tracks that you can't find anywhere else. In fact, only Barry's dog knew where they were buried. 
as it describes Baby Seaver play as performed live in front of an audience of surrealists at the René Magritte Club in Belgium. The entire audience was nude, covered in oil, and pressed closely together in a giant metal bath, pretending to be sardines, which is why you can't hear them. But everyone enjoyed themselves. <laughs> so that's a very Neil thing to do a Dadaist art joke in his mm. little sleeve notes there, being an art school Dadaist yeah. chap. And the other bonus track on there is um, a demo version of It's Looking Good. Okay. Which sort of a, a sort of slightly faster version. It's looking good. One of the old rehearsal tapes that Ron found in his shed. It's much faster than the previous re released version and features Ollie Halson on guitar and vocals. Um, Ollie may may not have been the finest guitarist in the world, but he was among the top two. <laughs> so those are the bonus tracks off off of the Shangri La single. And then there's a couple of others turn up. So cool. did you listen to uh, Lullaby? I did. And um, it, 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 it'll be hard to play a snippet of it. <laughs> yeah, might as well play the whole thing. Play the whole I don't thing. Yeah. Mommy's 20 something. Daddy's over 30. Go to sleep, my baby. And don't do that. It's dirty. Yeah. Right. There we go. Very yeah. quick one. 29 seconds. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's just a joke Neil used to do in his show turned into make it sound a bit like John doing it. Yeah. That's it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, kind of a Lennon solo parody, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just a bit of a laugh, isn't it? Yeah. And then we have My Little Ukulele. This one's very not. I mean, how how does this one become the Ruttles and not just a thing? That that like, it's very Neil, isn't it? But not very Ruttles. Yeah, I think the point of it is basically it's a nod to sort of the music hall type things that the Beatles did occasionally, particularly Paul's stuff. You know, those influences coming through on Honey yeah. Pie and things. But also because George loved the ukulele and they all played the ukulele together. Mm. I think that's where the heart of it lies, is in that Neil knowing that his friend George was a massive fan of the ukulele. Mm. And so they do this thing that starts out like it's going to be a rocker, then goes into a brilliantly funny sort of George Formby-esque ukulele piece yeah. with kazoos and all sorts of things in there and very funny lyrics. So I think it's just a sweet thing yeah. to have, have done as the Russells. It's funny because in, in a strange way, you could almost imagine in a parallel universe, there being a Beatles ukulele type of thing. But I just don't think that ever kind of happened, did it? You know, I'm sure if they'd have been on a certain holiday at a certain time with a tape player with a few ukuleles around, we probably would all have had, they would have done something like this, but they didn't, they, they never actually did in a funny way, no. like properly ukulele. Like John used his guitar a bit like a ukulele now and again. Like you said on Honey Pie and things, he was well, doing like, kind more of like a banjo, banjo-y type. But, of but I think yeah. sort of yeah, post post Beatles, they were all sort of you know fans of things. Particularly, yeah, you know, Paul, George obviously. Paul, I think, came to the ukulele perhaps a little bit later. I'm not sure, but uh, you know when you see him live, he always he does the version of something that he opens doing it on the ukulele, doesn't he? Yeah. And then sort of kicks it into the full band version as well. 
So I think this is a, a I think it's a great song. It's fun to play on the uke, mm. and yeah, I think it's just a nice, funny thing for George, really. Very nice, which I think is very good. So yeah, those are all the the, the bonus tracks, and that's more or less all of the ruttles, unless you're going to include um, the song that Neil put out not too long ago called Imitation Song. Imitation birds Imitation bees Imitation pearls Reality TV Which is about, which is a, a Ruttles style song about Ruttles style music. Right. That she did, you know, probably th- four years ago or something like that. And so, yeah, so that's that's kind of Ruttles, although I don't think it necessarily is a... F- is it official Ruttles? I don't think it is, really. So, yeah, but it's worth looking up because it's it's very much Neil, heart on sleeve, as he always really was. Okay. You know. Yeah. Well, I will... I should look that one up. Yeah. And something else that came out as a extra bonus was under my skin sacrifice anything on what might for the sake of having him near in spite of the warning voice that comes in the night and repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats don't you know little fool you never can win use your mentality under my skin gary um, I hope not. Oh, that would be horrible. Subcutaneous brothers. <laughs> um, yeah, this is like one of their kind of cabaret type of live club style people maybe eating and drinking. Well, I mean, they make it very clear, don't they, that that's what it's meant yeah. to be in the recording, that people are are being entertained whilst they go about their their evening. I guess they didn't they have a, a period of doing these kind of gigs and that's why... Well, they... I mean, even like when they were playing like in Hamburg... There'd be times when they'd be doing these sort of more normal covers, mm. and obviously there's the Star Club recordings and things like that. Yeah, and you can hear all the background noise, and you can hear the Beatles getting annoyed with people talking all the time mm. and not paying attention. And they've what they've done here is they've got the Ruttles covering "I've Got You Under My Skin," mm. but with some slightly twisted lyrics to be about eating too much food, and the background noise of people in this club that, that where the Ruttles are playing this, yeah, sort of gets louder and louder throughout. And, um, but it's quite good. It is a very good parody of sort of the idea of, of that sort of band doing a, a 1960s cover of a, of a, of a classic Cole Porter song. Yeah. It goes really strangely Bob Dylan in the middle for some reason as well. Even though they're doing <laughs> this smooth jazz thing, he starts singing in a, in a mock Dylan way, I thought. He, like, um, there's a section where, um, well, yeah, you just, I don't know. I don't know if it's because it's meant to represent them starting to mess about a bit because no one's listening. I think it is, yeah. yeah. That's how I think, that's how I see it. When, when it um, says, wake up little fool. And there's a bass solo in it, which is something that we never got in a proper, we never got a proper bass solo in a Beatles song. No, no. Yeah, not so. in, not. But it's odd that this, again, this is like another bit of the Ruttles world represent, you know, Ruttles history represented in song. Yeah. So I don't, again, I uh, was some of these, extra bonus tracks that have appeared. I don't really know why it exists, but I'm glad it does. Yeah, good. And so that's kind of it. I've got one last thing to mention, though, is that there is a single credited to Dirk and Stig 
by Eric Idle and Ricky Fatar. Okay. So it's not officially Ruttles because it's called Dirk and Stig. And it was it was a single release where the A-side was just them doing Gingangooly. Right. So the you know the the Boy Scout song. Yeah, what just just voices or well, no, it's a full like production. Full okay, done right. it. But, it, but it is just that song. It's not like a, a strange take on it or anything. Yeah. It's just a version of Ginganguli. Okay. Strange. Which is, <laughs> yeah, which is weird. And has got a strange cartoon on the cover of them. Uh, Ricky Fatar tied up in a rope by a, a girl. Well, I don't know what it's supposed to be. Right. And then the flip side is a is a... Uh, coincidentally another parody George Formby song called Mr Sheen about the motorcyclist Barry Sheen where did you meet him? I met him at the French Grand Prix he turned and he smiled at me that's when I fell for Mr Sheen Mr Sheen rolling along on your riding machine Mr Sheen's riding machine oops <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I mentioned that only because it's got a, a link to... It's got a Ruttle on it in the form yeah. of Ricky Fatar. It has, uh, you know, Eric on it, and it's called Dirk and Stig as well. Right, so it's... Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure there are other Ruttles bootlegs and things out there, but that's all of the official Ruttles material. So that's that. That's that's all the Ruttles stuff. We've... We've, we've done We're it. not going to come back to them again. Well, um, we never know. We'll never say never, Paul. But yeah, it looks like the Ruttles have been rounded up for now and brought back to the farm for some food and a checkup yeah, yeah. and a bad metaphor. And um, we're, we're all a little bit wiser and happier for it. But I mean, I mean, seriously, I've said it many times. I want to make sure I've said it from my point of view. I do think Neil Innes and the, and the Ruttles as a, as a concept and band and everyone who was involved was, were great. I've always enjoyed what I see and hear when it comes up. And... Um, having it come up in this podcast has been a really nice way to uh, experience them again. And uh, now I'm not going to have that. I will have to actually get myself my own copies of these things and have a really yeah. good good listen and watch the film again. Um, yeah, I'm just very happy that we could do it and sort of pay tribute to Neil yes. as much as anything. Yeah. Because it, it does mean a lot to me as a, as a musician, not just for the Ruttles, but um, from all his other work as well. So it's good to have done that and to have had this episode to spend some time with them again indeed so thank you again paul for taking us on this tragical history tour <laughs> and we shall see you and you all soon all being well goodbye good ruttles